0: Hello and welcome to the personality psychology podcast my name is Lisanne de Moor and today I'm joined by several experts in the field of adolescent personality from the educational psychology and personality development department at the University of Hamburg welcome Jenny Wagner hi Eva Blackman hello Larissa Witskorek hi there and Naomi Brandt hello you're all researchers in the field of adolescent personality. Can you tell me a little bit about your research lines and something you're currently working on?
1: I think I would describe myself a bit in a bit broader way, not only with respect to personality and adolescence. In my PhD, I actually started to work on the interplay between personality and social relationships in adulthood and late life. and thereby I looked not only into the big five, but also self-esteem and well-being were personality and characteristics that I looked at. And just starting with my postdoc, I actually expanded my interest into adolescence, because I found it to be a really interesting developmental phase. And so in general, now I would describe myself to be fascinated with how and why people develop the way they do with respect to their personality, and also the potential impact this might have on the individual itself, as well as the interplay with Social, but also broader contextual conditions, such as the educational background, but also life transitions. And one current project I'm working on is on everyday dynamics between state self-esteem and social interaction quality in daily life. And we also look into possible long-term bottom-up effect on trade self-esteem development. We combine experience sampling and longitudinal trade assessments here. And actually, compare late adolescents that just transition out of high school, and
2: prospective pensioners. So we have also this age differential point of view. Thank you so much, Jenny. Maybe I'll just go next. I'm a PhD student at Jenny's lab at the University of Hamburg. Yeah, broadly I would say I'm interested in the role of different interpersonal perceptions in adolescence, how they are connected, what drives them, and the consequences they have for how adolescents see themselves. For example, in my master thesis, I explored how adolescents see their own personality and how they see others' personalities in comparison to how their parents view them. And I found it really interesting that these different perspectives overlap, but also contain unique variations. And I wondered if and how different perceptions shape each other and how they would relate to adolescents' personalities. So with my dissertation, I decided to dive deeper into this research area And started studying how adolescents see themselves in social interactions. so their self-perceptions, how they are seen by others, and how they believe they are seen by others, that is their meta-perceptions. And perhaps a little bit more concrete, in my first dissertation project, I took a look at social interactions both in the laboratory and in daily life and explored how these different interpersonal perceptions of social inclusion relate to adolescents' momentary self-esteem within these interactions. Sounds really interesting, Eva. My research, I also focus on the association between
3: adolescents' personality and their social relationships, but probably more broadly than Eva. And I kind of want to understand how and why adolescents differ in their social experiences. So this includes their daily social interactions, but also their romantic relationships and also the experience of lacking social contacts. My first dissertation project, and if you're reading the EGP blog, you might have read about that, I've been examining how their personality traits relate to their social satisfaction and also what are the, the personality facets that are especially relevant here. And which interpersonal perceptions, so specific perceptions of interaction behavior, might explain the association between
4: personality
3: and social satisfaction.
4: Thank you, Larissa. I'm a postdoc uh, since 2019 at uh, Jenny's lab. And during my PhD, I started to study which role personality plays for educational success in childhood and adolescence. And I was fascinated to see that personality can be reliably assessed in self-reports and converge to some extent with other reports already at younger ages, and that these inter-individual differences matter for educational outcomes. And now as a postdoc, I want to understand better how personality development can be shaped by educational and occupational experiences. And in a current project, we see that on the one hand, personality predicts how well students are doing in middle school. So for example, those higher on conscientiousness reported to have more positive social relationships and also showed better academic performance. And on the other hand, we also see that experiences students have at school can also predict how their personalities will develop. So it was of particular importance that students like to be at school And when they rated school as a positive environment, they reported lower levels of neuroticism and higher levels of extroversion, agreeableness and conscientiousness in the next year. So I think it is important to see that enjoying to be at school makes students feel better in the moment, but it has also longer term consequences for their personality development.
0: Very interesting. Thank you, Naimi it's really cool to see even in the field of personality development and personality psychology, how many diverse angles there are and how many diverse angles you are all pursuing. And I think many of you also mentioned that in addition to focusing on adolescence, you also study other life phases. And I was wondering, personality is of course studied across the lifespan. Why do you think especially personality in adolescence is such an interesting and important topic?
4: Yeah, I think uh, adolescence is a Special time in life where individuals face large biological, cognitive, and also social changes. And besides, uh, childhood adolescence is the explicit phase of growing up and becoming an adult, comes along with mastering a lot of developmental tasks. So, for many aspects, I think this phase is formative, for instance, in terms of biological maturity, cognitive development, or also identity formation. And for me, it seems obvious that this phase should also be relevant for the development of personality traits. And we also see that personality traits in that phase matter. We see this in our uh, studies and also in other studies, that uh, personality in adolescence matters, for example, for educational outcomes, but also for well-being and also for social relationships.
3: I totally agree that personality matters to this age group. So um, talking about the social relationships, I think they're really unique in this time. So adolescents, they individuate from the parents and peers become more important. Also romantic relationships become more and more important and kind of provide a really rich context uh, for new experiences. So I think personality is an important factor that can make a difference in how these developmental changes are. Mastered and how the uh, individuals experience this time. So, for example, in the study that I just mentioned, like at the beginning, uh, we found that lessons, extroversion, agreeableness, and their uh, neuroticism related to differences in their social interaction. And the facet specific analysis also showed that there was a particular relevance of um, activity, of compassion, and depression in this context. Uh, In another study we just submitted, uh, we found that extroversion and neuroticism predicted who felt lonely and also which adolescents increased in their loneliness over the next year. So I would definitely agree that
4: personality is relevant here. Yeah. Maybe I can jump in and add one further point. So I think adolescence is a time where different psychological fields such as developmental or educational psychology are interested in developmental trends and also the role of individual and contextual conditions for such trends. But often personality is only seen as a highly stable predictor and is thus not of particular interest to these fields. And I think maybe two research findings of the last decade um, emphasize the need to look into adolescent personality development more closely. So first of all, personality becomes more stable across time, but specifically in childhood and adolescence, personality is still more malleable. So I think we need to identify the correlates and also sources of these uh, changes in this phase. and also look at interdependencies between different variables and personality in adolescence. And um, personality development during adolescence is not only characterized by maturation compared to other phases in life, we also see disruption times of maturation or developmental dips. So we see that conscientiousness and agreeableness decrease and neuroticism increase. And puberty mainly only works in part to explain uh, these deve- developmental dips. So I think we also need to identify further correlates and causes um, to understand these developmental disruption times better.
0: Thank you. I was wondering, uh, Larissa mentioned that especially during adolescence, relationships are very important. And of course, this is also something that we see in a lot of research that really Peers become very important and an orientation towards peers is is a characteristic of adolescence. But would you also say that this association between personality and relationships is especially important to look at uh, during this life phase? Or do you think it is also or perhaps more relevant uh, even in other life stages?
1: I think I would really say that with the broadening of the social environment that Larissa just talked about, It is really important to also look into the association between personality and social relationships, also in a broader way, not just looking, for example, into parental relationships, although parents are still very important. And especially, um, I think, research so far supports that self-esteem and social relationships are strongly connected. And so we have, for example, a study in middle and late childhood where we already see that it's not only family, but also peers that are actually important for the development of self-esteem. We also see in a like broader light, maybe for middle adolescents in a study headed by Rose Hutteman, where we tested self-esteem development in a sample of high school students that actually went abroad, that it's really the feeling of being included into a new social environment that actually is associated with uh, state self-esteem changes. I would say, and there's actually also a meta-analysis from uh, Ulrich Ort and his team, and they really show there is a strong connection between self-esteem development and social relationships. So it is really important to look into social relationships. At the same time, I think adolescence is also specific, for example, with respect to the school context. And so we have first studies where we actually also look into whether the specific social relationships within the school context are associated with personality. And here we see that, for example, extroversion is associated with peer relationships. So we have longitudinal effects here. In contrast, we don't have this stable association between personality and the teacher relationship, which is often regarded as very important. So in one study headed by Anne Israel and Naimi Brandt, we didn't see the associations. However, in another study where we looked more into the facet-specific associations, um, Naemi actually found associations with a, a sub-facet of uh, conscientiousness. So I would say we should have a closer look into facet-specific associations and also into really context-specific associations and social relationships. Yeah, But what I really think is a huge drawback of most of these studies that we have so far with respect to the social context is we most of the time just have self-reports. So we know something about the social context in a self-perception, which we know is not what social relationships are all about because they are way more complex and at least two people are needed so we have one study actually, where we have a round robin design in a school class, and not only look into, do you think, like, I think I'm liked by all of my classmates, but we also ask the classmates, do you actually like the other person? And is this associated with your self-esteem development? And we found that it's not what other people think, it's just what the person themselves thought, whether she is included or not included into the classroom. And this is something that we were very puzzled about. And we tried maybe to understand the more complexity of this uh, association.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. So the real re- relationship maybe matters less than just what the, what the person themselves think of how good the relationship is.
2: Yeah, maybe just going back briefly to what Jenny just said about the self and other perceptions and their relationship with self-esteem. I would like to add that we found something similar in daily social interactions in my first dissertation study. So when we considered self, other and meet perceptions of social inclusion simultaneously, Other perceptions related only weakly to momentary self-esteem of adolescents, while the perceptions formed by the individual, so self-perceptions and meter perceptions were more consistently related to momentary self-esteem. But I would say that the perceptions of others um, have important implications across different domains of adolescents' lives and also strongly depend on who the other person is that is giving the rating. So, for example, um, in a recent paper that Naemi published, She found that the perceptions of teachers of children's personalities explain variance in academic performance above what is explained by the children's own perspectives. On the other hand, parents' perceptions added less for the predictions of academic performance. I think this suggests that children that are quite young already have a good insight into their personality, but people in different contexts and different domains have different information information. And therefore, are differentially significant for predicting certain criteria. And yeah, maybe one last point. We also see that in addition to the actual perceptions of others, adolescents increasingly start to think about how they come across to others, how others may see them. And these meta-perceptions, in my opinion, play an important role in social interactions and determine how adolescents present themselves to others. And at the same time, they also provide an important source for learning more about themselves and for establishing a stable self-view, which is one important challenge in adolescence, as Larissa and Naimi already pointed out.
0: Can I summarize it as social relationships are very important, but it's important to look at different people and also that well there are different ways of looking at these social relationships so we could take a self-report perspective so what do i think for instance you think of me but also what do you think of me and and sort of what do i think that you think of me i
3: think that was a good summary that makes it quite complex
0: yes but usually um complex is uh is the reality i guess that's that's also a positive thing
1: um, especially when we talk about social relationships it becomes complex
0: yes i can imagine already just talking about one person is usually quite difficult just bringing more people in is uh, is only adding to the complexity yeah i think you we we already sort of drifted into my next question because i was actually wondering we know that in childhood really we emphasize the importance of parents and of the environment in shaping children but can we say that this strong influence uh, also continues into adolescence do we also see an influence of the environments of parents but also maybe other environmental factors such as for instance the social uh, relationships that we just talked about on the personality of adolescents
1: i think we would all agree on that the environment still is very important and i would say maybe in a general way we have not have enough studies so far that actually look into these very specific contexts of adolescence to actually better understand in what way maybe also differences in the context that adolescents are in as compared to childhood or young adulthood. We increasingly look into the associations between personality and the school context, and I think Naïmi already pointed out nicely that. Previous research has only looked into personality as a predictor and considering it to be stable. But increasingly now we have studies where we also have longitudinal assessments of personality and actually try to understand in a better way to what degree there's actually this interdependency also between the school context and personality development.
0: And maybe could you share some initial insights of this this research? I think that we looked at different aspects
4: of the environment but yeah maybe just in a yeah not very comprehensive way at this point so we identified some aspects we talked uh, already about it they came from the social relationship side so we see that the peer environment gains increasing importance in this time and we also saw saw some specific aspects of the context people are in the main time, uh, such as schools. So we see that teacher support is related to personality change in this time. Yeah, and some of, maybe you can think about uh, psychological uh, adjustment variables like well-being. But I think, yeah, that the picture is not very clear uh, right now. So we need a better and yeah more comprehensive overview about the experiences, I think, at this point.
0: Yeah, so there's some beginning evidence for environmental factors that that predict or are are related to personality change, but it's still in the early stages. Yeah, I think so. One thing to add,
1: uh, Naïmi in her dissertation has a really nice paper where we don't have longitudinal effects, but at least we see that, for example, depending on the school type kids go in, there are differences in associations between personality and academic success. So they look into grades and test scores. And what I always find very interesting here is that it actually pays out to be not agreeable in if you go to the academic school context. So we have some initial evidence that obviously even within the school context, personality is uh, related to academic success and maybe also other, other variables we don't know yet. In a differential way, so it appears to be important to be conscientious, and this is pretty much the same across all different types of schools, but other traits might be differentially associated with academic success, and we don't know about actually how this plays out in social relationships or other psychosocial variables. So I think this is an initial finding that I find to be really interesting and we will have to catch up and better understand how other aspects about the school context or the adolescent context generally are associated to personality and personality development in this developmental phase.
3: I think like just what Janice said, it's really important to look into interactions, not only like main effects of environment, but interactions with personality
0: yeah th- these are really interesting findings of course also i think in line with uh, what was said at the very beginning that it's really a period in which a lot of things change and a lot of transitions happen school transitions uh, maybe more personal transitions uh which are of course also uh, related to what we see this, this rise in in psychological problems that um, around I think around age fifteen that um that there is really a peak in internalizing problems. also externalizing problems are relatively more prominent at least than uh, before and after this point. Yeah, would you say that these uh, increases in in psychological problems are also related to specific personality developments that that you see during this life phase?
1: Naimi already hinted to the developmental trends to be not, Like as consistent in the maturation as we see this in later life phases. So it could be related to this part that we have this disruption, at least with some of the personality traits. And we also have some studies where we see, for example, this dip in self-esteem with the transition into higher school context. However, recent studies also don't find this dip, for example, with respect to self-esteem, but they actually see a rather gradual increase and I think with respect to more pathological point of views on personality still a lot of research is needed and I would hope that the upcoming years will be very fruitful in this area and actually give us more information to what degree this is also associated with personality in a more like big five tradition. And what I think really, when when we talk about the adolescent personality, I would say it's really a milestone of research of the last years that we now know we can actually measure personality in adolescence. So with this knowledge, we can now move on in our research and use different samples and different different sample structures and actually understand personality and the role of personality also with respect to these maybe more negative changes that we sometimes see in adolescents uh, in a better way.
4: Yeah, and I think maybe I can add to this point that is indeed fascinating to see how comparable personality traits can be assessed already at this younger age group. But besides, uh, you mentioned it already, there are also differences that make this phase particularly interesting. So what we see when we maybe talk about the adolescent personality structure, that the traits are more interrelated in this period. And we often see, for example, that conscientiousness and agreeableness are strongly related, uh, potentially suggesting that a well-behaved child is characterized uh, by being both diligent and kind to others. And we also see that extraversion and openness correlate more strongly at younger ages than in early adulthood. And this potentially points to the issue that openness has maybe a kind of different meaning in younger ages compared to adulthood. So it's maybe not like classic conceptions, being open to intellectual or artistic aspects, but maybe these kids are more open and therefore more outgoing to and talkative and have a more active and exploring approach to the world. So maybe this yeah, adds to the this kind of childhood and adolescent personality structure.
0: Do I understand correctly that both you, you, Naomi, and, and Jenny said that there might be something characterizing adolescent personality, there might be some structural things and maybe also some like mean level things like uh, higher or lower um, neuroticism, for instance, but that it's difficult at this point to say whether it's really related to f- things like, for instance, internalizing, externalizing increases during this period. Yes, I think that's nicely summarized. I think that's, that's what I would say. Okay. Before we move on to the future steps, maybe we can discuss some of the past great accomplishments or discoveries that have been done in this field. I think Jenny also just mentioned that uh, really the discovery or, or the accomplishment of, of studying personality in adolescence is maybe already a first accomplishment. What, what do you think are maybe other recent uh, discoveries or accomplishments? So
1: this was really an interesting question, because when we prepared for the podcast as a team, we were sitting together. And it was really interesting because I think all four of us, we Put down pretty much the same four points that we thought are accomplishments of the last year. So this was really nice to to see. And I would totally agree that I think assessment is really a big point so that we know now we can assess personality in adolescents. Adolescents converge with their parents and what they think, what they are like, Um, although we see these specific characteristics as Naemi already described. So I think this is really a nice accomplishment. Another accomplishment, and this translates also from research from adulthood, is that we have now increasing knowledge about the power of personality also in adolescence. So we see these associations both in the cross-sectional, but also in longitudinal studies that personality is actually important for academic success, for well-being, for social relationships. And to see these interdependencies um, is really nice also for this younger phase in life. And Actually, we also have some initial findings that adolescent personality is not only important to what happens actually in adolescence, but also beyond. So we see effects of personality in adolescence and how successful people are later on uh, as adults or how depressed they are um, in young adulthood. So I think this is also important. And then a third point that we all put down is really this knowledge about developmental trajectories. And... I think that different studies now converge across different samples, across different types of studies. We see this disruption. We, I, I would say we don't know what this means so far. So we still have to better understand why, for example, does neuroticism increase again? And is there maybe a function behind this increase? And I think this is really something that we will hopefully learn uh, within the next years. And. The final point, and I'm—I think this is maybe the—the the point that I'm most interested in, also with my current research, is given all of these accomplishments that I just uh, put down, is now we can actually go really into adolescence and use time-specific experiences, use developmental tasks to better understand how these personality characteristics with all other socio-emotional and academic characteristics are interrelated so how does your first romantic experience actually interrelate not only with your well-being but also maybe with your accomplishments in school because school might not be important anymore because you are now in love with for the first time and these kind of interdependencies i think this is really going to be kind of like the next step uh, to come to really understand these adolescent specific experiences and how they are related to personality and personality development.
0: I think a really nice list of points and it's amazing that you all agreed on this. I also like especially the fourth point, because I think it also came back in a lot of your own research so far, that these are really things that you include in your own research. So probably also accomplishments that you uh, yourself contributed to. So yeah, I was wondering, where do you see yourself moving forward? Like, what are the next steps in continuing these discoveries or finding new discoveries or accomplishments?
2: One point that fits well with that just said is that I think that it important task will be to increase our knowledge of the underlying processes that explain how personality develops in adolescence. And uh, going back to the importance of the social environment, which we talked about quite a lot, I think it's it's vital to get a better understanding of the interplay of personality and social interactions and relationships during adolescence. And um, especially taking a look at the interactions that Larissa mentioned, so between personality and situations. And I think one way to go about this is to zoom into social interactions and to identify the specific behavioral or perceptual mechanism that relate to adolescent personality. For example, in the current project in our lab, we explore group interactions of adolescents, and um, we want to study how interaction dynamics unfold within groups and how certain social behaviors and different perceptions are connected to um, each other and to personal traits of adolescents, but also to more momentary personality states, um, which are expressed within these social interactions.
0: Sounds like really interesting research, but I do wonder, how do you zoom in into these uh, relationships? How, how would this research look like? Well, that and that is the complex part, I guess. So we're
2: looking at group interactions of adolescents and unacquainted peers, so adolescents who have never met before. And uh, due to the pandemic situations, we're doing that in an online setting. So people meet up, and we give them tasks, and we ask them, we, we record them on video, and we also ask them to rate themselves to other in a round robin fashion. So we get a lot of different inputs, and hopefully we can gain some insights into processes involved in getting to know each other and how adolescents see themselves, how they're seen by others, how they feel,
0: their mood. Yeah. It sounds like a very interesting study. Yeah. But also very complex indeed.
3: Yeah. I think just to to add that another great way to zoom into social interactions, experience sampling studies. So in one of the studies, we assess how people experienced the social interactions themselves, but also like gave the smartphones to other people they interacted with to get these ratings from the other person. But in general, it's like not so easy to generate like big data sets. So what we really need like to understand processes in the short run, but also in the long run, is I think a combination of questionnaires, of experience sampling, but also of experimental data.
4: Yeah, I just maybe want to add another thing to what Larissa and Eva said. So I think besides the large and diverse data sets that use very innovative methods, I think we also need to think about finding the right timescale to see change. I think what most people share in the field is that intensive measurement bursts need to be combined with longer term assessments, but maybe we don't have the understanding or a very good understanding right now, how long intervals need to be to give relatively stable constructs enough time to change. And even on the state level, how many experiences need to accumulate to be lasting enough to form changes and traits. And maybe particularly in adolescence, intervals should differ from intervals between young and middle adulthood. So maybe we need more and shorter set time intervals in adolescence compared to middle adulthood. But I think uh, we don't have enough knowledge right now.
0: Okay, so really in a combination of, on the one hand, uh, more statistical or methodological changes or developments in combination with more theoretical developments of what is what should we even study and at what time scale. And I
1: think this is a really important point, because I think especially the theoretical part is something that we have to work on in adolescence, since many studies more or less translate what we know from young adulthood into adolescence. But now we know that obviously adolescent personality appears to be a little bit different. I think really to encourage people to think about adolescent personality specifically specifically, But then at the same time, in a broader sense, not only possibly think about it from a personality perspective, but to also include the theoretical ideas from developmental, social and educational psychology. So I think we will really have to integrate and combine the knowledge from these different areas. And I would hope that this is happening and this will also actually move us forward in understanding the role of adolescent personality in a better way.
0: Sounds very interesting. My last question is actually more a question to you as researchers than, well, you as researchers talking about research, because I was wondering, and and we also have an audience that is consisting of of both other researchers, but also people, uh, a more more lay audience interested in personality. So I was wondering maybe if you could tell us something about your life as a researcher, because you've all been involved, of course, in this field for some time. And I'm mainly interested in in hearing what your favorite part of the job as a researcher is. So for me, there's a lot of things to
4: like uh, about doing research. But maybe one special aspect is that while it is always nice to find support for your hypotheses, I also like those moments when things turn out unexpectedly, but at the same time provide new insights into a phenomenon. So we then discuss the unexpected finding. And by all having a slightly different background and expertise in different topics of the field, very interesting and diverse ideas come together. And this is always very inspiring for me.
2: Perhaps a, a little bit more like broader. I love that there's always something new to learn and sometimes in very unexpected ways. So whether I'm talking to my colleagues uh, on a coffee break or listening to a research podcast on train <laughs> or having lunch with PhD students from totally different research fields, I've gained so many new insights that helped me to develop new ideas for my research and how to translate them into my research. And for me that's a really great aspect of being a researcher,
3: what I also really enjoy about research is the freedom that comes with it, like to really spend so much time on on topics I'm interested in, like to learn every day. And I also really like uh, being surrounded by so many inspiring, you could also maybe say, idealistic people, like who really all share this aim to contribute to a understanding like in personality research, but also aim to advance or psychological research in general, like in the open science movement, for example. So this is just, uh, it's great.
1: Yeah, and I would say, I mean, I can support all of the above points. I like this too. But then I might add, I really like these unexpected encounters and conversations that one
0: has. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty amazing job if you uh, hear it like this. And also, you must be a pretty good runner. I think we reached the end of the question. So I want to thank you all for being here today and for discussing uh, the research questions that I had. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.